California is uh, a possibility for me. I, I like it there. There are things I like there. I feel like everyone would talk really slow and just get angry and start punching people. <laughs> what? I just, I'm, I'm salty and bitter and I need to stay on the East Coast. Oh my God. Okay. Well, um, hey everyone, my name is Brendan Patrick and that's Sophie and you're listening to Super Lit. Okay, hey, Superlit is a bi-weekly podcast pertaining to books about the LGBT community. Hey, what's up? What's going on? How are you, Sophie? I'm really good. I'm uh, definitely not going to move to California, but I'm thinking about it. <laughs> okay, good to know. Um, this week we have a very, very, very special book. It is by two authors that we have spoken about on the podcast before, both of them being like some of my favorite writers for especially this year since finding them, Becky Albertelli and Adam Silvera. And you might know their names because Becky Albertelli wrote Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda, which is Love, Simon. And Adam Silvera wrote three of the saddest books that I've ever read in my life. But mainly the one that they mention is they both die at the end. And uh, they came together because they're really good friends. And they wrote a book together about two boys and uh, the possibility of what if. I just stopped because I'm putting chapstick on. <laughs> okay. I was like, am I supposed to say something now? Shit. What do I need to say? Mm, that's so much better. Okay. So <clears throat> before we start, I just want to, <laughs> I, I tweeted recently, and by recently, I mean November 6th, that if you voted and sent in a picture, I would thank you. And <laughs> I got two responses, and one of them was Sophie. So, hey, Sophie. Yes? Thank you so much for voting this year. Of course. I vote every year for all of the elections. Every election. A high school prom election, I'm there. Normal elections, I'm there. I show PTA meetings. I don't have any kids, but I just start voting. I just show up and vote. Honestly, that's. I feel like that's something that people do. And then there was also a listener that responded, and his name is Gregory Wagnon. And uh, thanks for voting, Greg. I hope that you're okay with me calling you Greg, but I just did, so here we are. I'll tell you Gregory, it's fine. So, <laughs> let's, let's, uh, should I start with reading the book sleeve, as I always do, and fucking it up? Yes, please read it flawlessly without messing up any words. Arthur's only in New York for the summer, but if Broadway has taught him anything, it's that the universe can deliver a show-stopping romance when you least expect it. I don't know how you don't laugh at me when I'm doing these, but it's very nice that you're not. Oh, I'm laughing. I'm just <laughs> not you. holding down the button that lets you hear me. God damn it. All right. 
Ben thinks the universe needs to mind its business. If the universe had his back, he wouldn't be on the way to the post office carrying a box of his ex-boyfriend's things. But when Arthur and Ben meet cute at the post office, what exactly does the universe have in store for them? Maybe nothing. After all, they got separated. Maybe everything. After all, they get reunited. But what if they can't quite nail a first date, or a second first date, or a third? What if Arthur tries too hard to make it work, and Ben doesn't try hard enough? What if life isn't really like a Broadway show? But what if it is? Best friends Becky Albertalli and Adam Silvera combine their talents in this smart, funny, and heartfelt collaboration about two very different boys who can't decide if the universe is pushing them together or pulling them apart. I love that it says two best friends come together because I love that. I'm sorry. I got really distracted because I started looking up the actors who do the voices on the audiobooks. That's fine. We can talk about that. We'll start off with that. How do, how do you feel about the voice acting in the book, Sophie? It was perfect. I need to hear some of it because they were both, Becky and Adam were very excited about it when they were tweeting. And I recognized one of the actors and I think he was in a TV show. And I don't mm-hmm. remember which one it was. I just looked it up because I didn't actually recognize. I don't, I don't actually recognize either of these people. But so each chapter like alternates between the two main characters and the guy who does the voice for Ben is Froy Gutierrez, who is from Teen Wolf, which I've never watched. Wait a minute. I'm sorry, what? He's, uh, it just says Teen Wolf's Froy Gutierrez. I don't recognize his face, but I also never watched that show. So how did you not watch Teen Wolf? It's full of shirtless men. I feel like that's like right up your alley. I know, I'm get, I'll get around to it, but I have to, like, re-watch old episodes of America's Next Top Model first, and just... I just looked at the screen, hoping you would feel my eyes through yours, and... I felt it. That's really good, because honestly, <laughs> I'm waiting for you to get to the era of Rita Ora, which is only one season, and it's bad. Oh, I've, I've seen that. Oh, I've seen it. It's, it's not good. The only good thing about it is that Ashley Graham is a judge, and she's, like, goals. An absolute goddess. <laughs> a beautiful, majestic creature. She's so beautiful. But uh, who's the other guy? Who You said Ar- he's Arthur or Ben? That's Ben. Um, the kid who does the voice for Arthur is Noah Galvin, who apparently was in Dear Evan Hansen, which is kind of fantastic. What? I didn't realize I got an actor from Dear Evan Hansen in this. Uh, yeah, so there's, like, one part where there's, there, actually, there's, like, a handful of parts where there's, like, one part where they're at karaoke, and then there's, like, another part where Arthur's just singing randomly, and I was like, wow, this voice actor who's doing the book actually kind of has a good voice. That's interesting. That's fine. Casually. And I, I don't know anything about the business of picking voice actors or if, like, the authors have any kind of, like, say in it. But they seemed really hype about it, so I hope that these were the people that they picked, because if they picked someone who can sing for Arthur, that's awesome, because it's kind of like his thing. Um, He's also slightly irritatingly obsessed with Broadway musicals, but only, only as much as I think any, like, teen boy who's, like, going to New York would be. I need to send you a picture of this actor, though, because he's a nugget and he looks exactly what Arthur would look like. I, you know how, like when we were reading Leon, the offbeat and you were like, wow, this is my life story. So in the book, the way that I wrote down what I wanted to talk about and I'm just like, no, we're skipping the way that 
Arthur is with Ben at certain points in the book, I'm very much like, oh, that's me, identified crazy, and it's, oh, I just got a Snapchat from you, great. It's the boy who <laughs> voiced Arthur, he's so cute. <laughs> but uh, a lot of the times in the book, the way that, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> listen, everyone, there are spoilers in this podcast. If you haven't read this book yet, I swear to God, you better shut this off and read it or listen to the audiobook, but from here on out, out there, the window. I don't, you better stop. But the way that Arthur like flips out at Ben half the time, I'm just like, Oh, it's me. It, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's not good because it's overreacting. It jumps to like, he jumps to conclusions. He's just like, I honestly feel like it's a drop of the dime. And I'm just like, Oh my God, this is oh my, I literally had, like secondhand, like ooh for him because that I've done that before and it hasn't ended well for me, and it just wasn't. That was my, I think my least favorite part of the book, and everything else I loved was that was Arthur's the secondhand embarrassment from Arthur, the secondhand embarrassment from Arthur being a wildly overreactive because he has he has like wild expectations, which I think. I feel like he's a Virgo, but he's not. Oh, what is he? Because his birthday happens in the book, right? His birthday ha- is the same day. It's like a, I think it's, is it Harry Potter's birthday? No, it's, they have, they do have a Harry Potter party though. Um, I think his birthday is like August, like 4th or something. It's like the beginning of August. His 17th birthday is August 4th. Here we are, everyone. We did it. We read the book. I just, I'm not even kidding you. I have such detailed notes, but I literally had to stop taking notes at a certain point because I wanted to finish the book and I wanted to, I don't want to say like enjoy it more, but me sitting and like taking notes so I would remember things, I feel like sometimes hinders me from doing that. And the way that he just like yells at Ben sometimes, I'm just like, stop it. Don't do that, Brandon. No. Um, but so the voice acting is really good because the kid who voices Arthur is like, his voice is a little higher. It's kind of squeaky. He talks really, really, really fast. So when there's like rambling, like stream of consciousness that is happening with Arthur, it like flows very, very well. Like the performance is so good on the audiobook. Like there'll be, I think there's like a moment where like they have not been like, hanging out or at all that much like maybe like a week and i think ben's like i just need to tell you something and he like goes on this like rant in his head where he's like convinced himself that like he's gonna ben is gonna say he loves him even though they've only been like dating for like a week and it's just like the performance in the audiobook is so good because he's just like starts rambling and he gets like faster and faster and faster and then he just like stops short and he's like wait no, that's dumb. Why would I think that? That's the stupidest thing ever. And they just like, it's so good. I need to listen to it. Also, I just looked at your Snapchat. So he is from the TV show, The O'Neills, if I remember correctly. He, oh, okay. His headshot, he is hot. Oh my God. He's a nugget. I just have a, also Google images opened on the actor who voiced Ben. And like, boy, your jawline, you could like cut someone with that. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Can we have these people as the actors for the movie, <laughs> please? Oh, no, I found pictures where he has freckles. Oh, God. It's he per- has, he's perfect. Ben has freckles in the... Uh. <laughs> oh, oh, my no. God. 
Welcome to us sobbing about boys. I'm going to send you this picture also. <laughs> Thank God. Okay, so back to like the li- the line list of things. The the idea of the book is I think amazing. Like for me, I love meat cutes. I didn't realize that that was like a thing until we read the meat cute book. And I didn't know that that was a specific phrase for what literally happens. And you need to watch more rom-coms when you're a little <laughs> I wanted to hide the fact that I was gay, so I couldn't. I was going to make a joke, but I can't think of anything. Don't do it. Don't do it. But no, I literally, I love the idea of this. Okay, so I've realized that by reading these books this year, I'm such a sappy person, and I, like, would love for this to happen to me, like a meet cute. And I think that's why, like, when I read these, I'm just like, oh, I want that to happen to me. But the idea for this book is, like, these two young boys meet each other by chance. And Arthur, who doesn't seem like he'd have the balls to, like, actually go up to a dude and be like, hey, you're cute. He's just like, you know what? I'm in New York. I'm going to do this thing. And he starts talking to Ben, and they have a conversation, and they get separated. And I remember reading that, and I was just like, no, go back to being together. And I actually really like that they got separated because it, you learn a lot about their personalities when they're separated in that first little chunk of the book. And the book is split up into three pieces. And the first part is what if the second part is it's us. And then the third part is, and only us is, is this a Hamilton reference or a dear Evan Hansen reference that I'm not picking up on? I'm not sure about dear Evan Hansen. Cause I haven't actually listened to it. I know very little about it, but it's, Definitely not a Hamilton reference. Okay, well, I just, it probably is a Dear Evan Hansen reference. If it's not, I would like to believe it's just solely Becky Albertalli and Adam Silvera because I would like to think that they're the most creative human beings in the world because I stand them and I love that they're friends. And I I like that in the first part of the book, you really find out like a lot about them. And it's, it's done in a really good way. And like from what I was reading and now I really want to hear the voice acting because I want to hear like the voices of these guys. I normally am not like a huge audiobook person. The more I talk to you about audible.com and And it's convenience and its ability to transfer seamlessly from device to device. It's so great. I love Audible. <laughs> I really I actually like am like out of all the books we've like listened to and read together. I think that this is the book that would get me to do it because I want to hear the singing. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't happen very often, but I think this is definitely on par with, like, the voice acting. It might be some of the best um, out of the books that we've read. I think maybe, like, the only other one that comes to mind that was, like, also as good is um, Aristotle and Dante, and that's only because um, Lynn has, like obviously just like is a beautiful accent and is capable of like pronouncing all of the Spanish that's in that like so well. But I think this one might be like performance wise, some of the best. Yeah. I think, I think I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to listen to this book. I need to go back and experience it again. It was really cute. (laughs) You just need an excuse to listen to it again. I just really want to listen to the voice acting again. (laughs) I'm so okay with that. And I'm so I'm actually really glad that we do the back and forth where I read the book and you do the voice, the uh, audiobooks, because I think both of the options give you a different feel because I normally love voice acting and I love listening to music and I think that they're very much intertwined for me. 
Um, like I can sit back and just listen to music and read and I can just sit back and listen to people talk. That's why I love let's plays. I love listening to like people on YouTube, talk about makeup, things like that. It's just so relaxing for me. I haven't delved into ASMR because I swear to God, if I think if I fall in love with ASMR, I might be dead to the world because at that point I might not ever leave my house, but I really, there's something for me with holding the book and for me, I, I really, I, I need to hear Arthur's voice now. Um, so, A, yes. I also love listening to people talk. Like, I've re-listened, like, re-watched, but I'm really only listening, like, to, like, hour-long, like, video essays. Because I just like listening to people talk. And, like, and I just, I don't know. But same. But also, I think I would hate ASMR. I've, like, had very limited experiences with it. I haven't, like seeked it out but like it's been a few times where i'm like these people have done it like jokingly or something and i like immediately get like uncomfortable because i feel like people are like whispering in my ear and i'm just like i can't i can't. maybe it's only maybe only with headphones if i didn't listen to it with headphones maybe i could do it but <laughs> <laughs> i just needed to say that i need to put that in the universe but <laughs> as much as i love arthur's voice acting Ben's is also so good because, like, picture just, like, the, like, smarmiest, like, kind of gravelly, but in a really good way, like, teen boy voice. And that's, like, Ben's voice. And it was very off-putting at first because... Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, because, like, the first part of the book is Arthur's voice. So, like, it's, like, chipper and he's really high-pitched and he's really adorable and it's cute. And then suddenly it's chapter two, Ben. And I'm just like, ah, who is this? That sounds dangerous for me. It's it's dangerous for me. It's it's good though. I honestly like I want to know like what Becky and Adam like when they got together and Adam's books are very sad and they're very thoughtful and Becky's books are very much like there's light at the end of the tunnel and I think that's why I like them both so much because Sometimes I'm in the mood to literally just sob uncontrollably because I'm sad about something. And then like the, like Becky's style of writing, it's very much like, Hey, it'll be okay. So it'll get better. Like, don't worry about it. I think the combination, like, I don't know how they came together and made this book because honestly I'm astounded because I, <laughs> I texted you earlier and I was like, I think I'm crying. And it was like happy crying because I wasn't sure how this book was going to go. And like half, like so many times throughout the book, I just like got really emotional and that hasn't happened to me necessarily in Becky's books before. It has, but not in the way that like Adam Silvera makes me cry. And uh, I I think he finds joy in making people (laughs) emotional, but the blend of the two, like the writing style, I really like that. It's like the Ben and Arthur chapters are different. And I believe that Becky writes Arthur's chapters and Adam writes uh, Ben's chapters. And I really, really appreciated that I felt like it was actually two different voices. Yeah, I was trying to figure out while I was listening if they were doing that because there's definitely like very distinct, like even the way that things are described because it makes sense too, because it's through the each character's perspective. So it's actually really smart to be to switch back and forth literally to two different authors, but I'm only really familiar with Becky's writing. 
enough to like recognize it so i did notice that they're like kind of the way he talks it's like very upbeat it's very like descriptive lots of like references and things like that as like anchor points to the way to describe things as opposed to like the chapters that were Ben's were a little bit more like poetic sounding and a little bit more descriptive, like traditional kind of like not flowery, but more, I I mean, yeah, it was just kind of more like flowery, like poetic language, which seemed to fit his character a little more. Yeah. Cause Arthur is very much like big, like I don't say big and flashy because that just like sounds wrong. But he's very much that person that's like, we need grand gestures, and he does them for people. And I think Ben, throughout the book, like realizes that like Arthur is that kind of person. And I think Ben on the inside is like that, where he thinks he's doing like something grand, and on the outside it doesn't necessarily translate. I think that's why like Ben's chapters seem like a little bit different. And that's the cool thing about Adam Silvera's books: the way that he writes. It's hard to describe because I, I I've read so many of his books and they're all very different. They don't they don't sound like the same thing rehashed over and over again. And neither do Becky's, but the way that Adam writes is very different from a lot of things that I've read before. And his writing style seems almost more like the books that he has out, they're mostly uh they're YA books, but they're very like very, very mature YA books. Like I think adults could could read them and not be like, Oh, this is kids book. Like I, the way that he writes is very mature. And the way that Becky does it, I believe she was a, was she a school therapist at some point? I think she worked with kids and I think that's why she writes kids so well. I'm back searching this to see if I can figure it out. Yeah. Cause I think that, I think she was like, not like a child psychologist. It's in one of her books. I think it's in like one of the book sleeves, but I believe that's what she did in in a past life, if you will. And I think that is what makes her writing seem like it's, it's more real and relatable. Yeah, she went to school for clinical psychology. She has a doctorate in psychology, and she was a psychologist until 2012. And then she had some babies and was like, mm, I'm going to write some books. I'm really glad that she took... Because it seems like she took her job and imbued it into her writing because the way that she writes too, like I, the way that Simon versus the Homo sapiens agenda made me feel early in the year. Like, I think for me, that was like my jumping off point, especially with the podcast. I think like reading that book, I was like, Oh my God, I can, I can love books. Like I can, this is truly a thing. And I think that especially like in America, I know that like the love Simon thing like took off and was such a big deal, especially because of what it was. It was, you know, an actual movie that was directed towards the LGBT community and it had, you know, gay characters in it. And it wasn't like, Oh, he's the gay best friend. It's like, no, I'm a real person. And I, I have like wants and needs and I just want to be loved and that there's nothing wrong with that. And I think with this book, there's also like a section in it where Ben and Arthur are hanging, they're like leaning against each other and like resting on the train. And like some dude on the train is like goes off on them. And poor Arthur is like, I thought this was New York. I thought everything was fine. And I'm like, oh, you must like, I can imagine where he is in Georgia. Like he doesn't feel as comfortable. And like New York is this huge place that everyone's always like, 
in New York is Mecca. Like you can be whoever you want to be unless it's, <laughs> unless it's gay in this exact moment. And I think Becky's writing style, she sees that that is a thing that still happens and that like kids go through this stuff and it's, the way that she puts it into her writing is really interesting. Yeah, I think she's a really good... She does a really good job of integrating different things without making it like a focal point of a character, which is really cool. There's a lot of subtle dialogue in the book that integrates like different... Oh, I don't know if they do anything necessarily that's like non-binary people but they mention like there's like a point where i think arthur's like when he's first meets ben and he's like talking to him and the first thing he like kind of figures out is that ben is trying to ship a box of stuff to his ex-boyfriend so he's like oh okay so he likes men and he's like talking to his friends about it later and like oh he's gay and he's like well it could be bisexual pan or something but he definitely is into guys and he's kind of like that's just a thing that's like written into the dialogue and it's not like focused on but it's like mentioned and then there's like another character that's like briefly mentioned and she's like oh well yeah i'm she's like i'm aromantic bisexual blah 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 and that's just like fit into the dialogue like totally fine it's like okay, this is how you need to, like, integrate, like, queer culture into your writing. Yes, this is very good. Exactly, because even though the book focuses on two gay boys, like, it, 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 there are other, you know, letters in the equation here. And it's cool that I remember reading the part where Arthur talks about Ben, like, might be bisexual. I was like, oh, it's cool that he's not just like, yep, he's gay. That's it. Nothing else. Becky out here repping all them the, that bi pride. She knows what's up. And it's I think it's really cool because I, I, I don't know anything about Becky Albertalli. I've never met her. I don't know anything about her life other than that, what you just said about her having a doctorate and everything. But it's cool when someone who I think is straight, I'm not saying that she is or isn't, but it's cool when someone I think is straight, like when they write about the gay community or the LGBT community or the bisexual community or the trans community, they do it with like a soft touch and it's not like, they're only gay. That's their only personality trait. It's like, no, this is a person. They just happen to be gay or lesbian or bi or trans, like whatever they happen to be. And that's, I think Adam does that as well because in some of his other books, there has been some of that too. And it's, it's actually really cool. And I, I believe that Adam is part of the community. I think if I remember correctly, but I like that Becky does it with respect and she's not just like, I don't think she's using the LGBT community to make books. I feel like she does it because she actually loves us. I think she loves us too. I love when we have allies that are amazing and they do such an amazing job. And I really like, so the cool thing about the book on the back of it, there's the author, Arthur, the author pictures. And it's Becky and Simon just like, you know, being cute together. And I'm just like, Becky and Simon. Wow. I said Becky and Simon. <laughs> I'm thinking I love Simon. No, it's Becky and Adam just like hanging out and being cute. And I'm like, stop. They're friends. I hate this. It's the most amazing thing ever. This is too much good. It's like when you, it's just, it's like when you find out like two artists or like two celebrities or something that you like really like, you find out that they're friends with each other. And you're like, oh no, they're too good. It truly is like, and I think, too, that Becky wrote, like, a character that's almost, like, I'm imagining, I, again, I know nothing about her, but I feel like Arthur is very much like her, and Ben is very much like Adam, and, like, these characters, like, they took from themselves to make them, and I think that's why I love them so much, because they seem like real people. I'm trying to look up 
Adam's like bio. He doesn't have his own Wikipedia page, first of all, so I think we need to fix that. Um, Adam, don't worry, we got this. I, I, I think we can handle it. Because um, I was when I just looked at Becky's to see if she in fact had like a degree in psychology, and it also has like hers isn't very long; it's like a paragraph. Doesn't really have much on her personal life, but it does say that she is like Jewish, not like actively, but like I guess she was raised in like a Jewish household. So. Arthur's character is Jewish. So I'm wondering if they just kind of like almost made the characters just like really like inundated a lot of their personalities into their characters. So I'm just, I was trying to figure out what like Adam's like background was. His background, he, um, I remember someone tweeting at him about like how they stole his book so they could read it. And he was like, uh, that's not really cool. And like he started talking a little bit about himself and like how he, like his family lived in like a like one bedroom apartment and it seemed like very difficult and I don't know anything about his like religious background or anything like that but I know that Adam Silvera is like I think very inspirational as a person I don't know anything about Becky Albertelli's like background story but Adam when he does talk about himself I like start liking him even more and he's so sassy and he's so like smart and it's just like he's also very handsome which isn't like it hurts me and i just uh i love his writing style so i just like admire him so much i'm looking at his profile right now and the only thing that's on here that isn't like he did this and he's published this oh born and raised in the bronx okay so he is like ben who is from new york and is born and raised in new york but the last part of his bio just says he is tall for no reason Yes, he said that's on his Twitter thing too. And I think his Twitter thing used to say, like the bio used to say, like making you cry since 2011. And I was like, yeah, you have been. And I I didn't even know about you until this year. But I've been crying since 2011 and it's your fault. I've been crying for a long time, couldn't figure out why. And then I realized it's Adam Silvera's fault. I'm trying, I'm like looking at my notes and like none of them are... Are they're just me like being like, oh my god, the narration. Ah, it's so cute. Ah. I it true I think the thing with this book is like there's actually a plot. So it, you know, with Leah on the offbeat, like the plot was important, but like the thing it's like the story about Leah herself was like her coming out and like that was the most important part. So everything leading up to that was like, okay, here's the thing, like the story's important, but it's not like we're in love Simon. It's like all the details are there. With Leon the Offbeat, it was very much like, this story is important, and it's because of this specific reason. The story itself is like every day, if you will, slice of life. But with this actual story, with What If It's Us, there are so many details, and there's so many things in it that make the story what it is. So the story itself is very important. And it is, I don't want to say it's slice of life, because I don't think that's right, but the Day-to-day details in this book are very important, and there's a lot that I think make the characters who they are. And I I think that's why this feels so different from like the other books that they've written. And I I just want I just want to know more of your thoughts because I love it so much. No, I liked it a lot. I think my only my only issue with the book is that I think it relied a little bit too heavily on like references and that's literally just my own like personal like thing that like whenever it happens too often in books I'm like okay we get it 
we understand that you like that you saw Hamilton or you like Hamilton. Hamilton's great. Everyone loves Hamilton. Please stop referencing Hamilton. Oh God. I've never seen Hamilton. I mean, I haven't seen it either because I don't have a thousand dollars lying around. Oh, I mean, but- like I don't, I don't have. I've never listened to the soundtrack. This book actually made me want to. I've wanted to, and I just for some reason haven't done it. I don't know why. And every time it's like brought up in front of me, I'm like, oh, I should listen to Hamilton. And uh, I feel like I need to find an Arthur, an Arthur to uh, force me to listen to it. I think I think you should definitely. Um, I think it, maybe you were feeling it too much because it's two different people putting in their references. I like references because I think it makes a person seem more relatable or like an actual an actual person. But I know that with uh, people like us, it <laughs> it was a lot for you. Yes, um, I no, I like it. It didn't bother me as much in this one. I think it fit and I think it fit really well with the specific characters. So it wasn't necessarily that I just, whenever there's like a lot of heavy references that are a very specific time, I think it has the, it has the risk of dating the book a lot, which I don't, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, cause you're going to, no matter when you read it, like you can look up when the book was released, like, okay, you always know it came out in 2018. There was just like a few part parts where, there was maybe like a few too many like celebrity references where I was like, well, I don't know. I mean, Tom Holland is like a precious baby angel. I love him so much. He's also very important to the queer community, but I don't know if we're going to be talking about him as much in five years. We'll see like what he does. It just kind of is like, yeah, that's a very like now reference. I don't know. Wait, why is he important to the queer community? I know he's he's Spider-Man, but what am I missing? Because he's Spider-Man. Um, he's he's Spider-Man? I hate you. Uh, he's come out in like um, interviews and stuff before saying he doesn't really like subscribe to like a gender binary and considers himself like a non-binary person, even though he's like a little bit more masculine-leaning. I think I uh, just fell in love with this person more, Tom. Um should I? Pff, wow, good to know. Yeah, uh, I don't know if he's explicitly said anything about his sexuality or not, but I have a feeling there's also been. I feel like at some point he also said something along the lines of like, "I don't care what the fuck your gender is. If you're cute, you're cute." So, I mean, that's. <laughs> I know that I'm a very gay man, but sometimes I come across people who make my heart hurt, and they're not necessarily. Uh, presenting as men and uh it happened the other night while i was with sophie and i i think my head exploded i also i was crying because it was really cute to watch you have a straight crisis i think i does that make me a lesbian i don't know and i know that's not right that's a bad joke it's from sex in the city i'll move on from it but it it happened and i was like oh my oh my god what is happening here I feel my heart moving and I don't know what to do. I was having a panic attack. Oh no. I was also in full on drag and that was hard to have a panic attack while I'm trying to calm myself almost directly before a performance. And honestly, I felt anxious the whole time. Oh no. Yeah. But um, I think the last thing I specifically want to talk about is so this book was already, I believe, greenlit for a movie. I believe there's a deal for that. I'm very excited about it because I would like to see a very specific part of 
the part three of this book happening in real life because I feel like it's going to be very much like that scene in the Love, Simon movie in which Simon's like, maybe I'm that kind of gay. And then it's like a Whitney Houston dance routine, which I didn't see yes. coming. And I honestly died. I was in the movie theater and I was like, what the fuck's happening? And I think this specific part, and I think you know what I'm talking about. I don't want to spoil it. will play out the same way where it's like a dance routine may happen. Who knows? But uh, what are your thoughts on the movie? What do you think is going to happen with that? I think it'd be really cute because there's a lot of moments where Arthur goes into his head. Like, literally, like, I think, like, the first time they, like, within the first chapter when he sees, like, Ben, he's like, oh, my God, this person's beautiful. We're going to fall in love. We're going to, it's, like, going to be, like, a beautiful romance. And he just, like, goes off on this, like, fantasy romance rom-com. And it would be really cool to see that in a movie, like, literally just, like, go into his head for a second and, like, suddenly everything's, like, overly romantic and it's just, like, swelling music and it's just, like, way too, like, ridiculous and fantastical. I think that would be a really cool thing to happen. I'm imagining it going to his head and he's just, like, you're there for, like, maybe 30 seconds and then you hear a pop sound and it's been just, like, what did you say your name was? And it's just like, I'm just imagining that, and I'm probably going to scream in the movie theater. I'm very excited about this. I think the way that they did Love, Simon was very tasteful. I'm really excited to see what they do. And also, did you notice that they referenced the Waffle House in Georgia? Yes! I feel like this this book had a few different winks. Because there's also a moment where he's talking, where Arthur's Wait, is it Arthur? Yeah, I think it's Arthur because he's talking about his friend Jess and how they like went to all go see a movie over the summer that was like a teen, like a gay team rom-com. And I was like, you're fucking talking about love, Simon. God damn it, Becky. And like, honestly, uh, so it, in this world, did love, Simon happen in this world? Is love, Simon like a real thing? Is Simon a real person? Do we have to investigate? Is this the love, Simon extended universe? <laughs> oh my God. There, the, you know those like TV shows where it's like made by the same director and then people are like, oh, that automatically makes it part of this universe. Like, what if that is this? Yeah, I think I think that this needs to happen. If you could cast anyone as the actor, the main actors in this movie, who would you cast? Well, I looked up the voice actors and I can't unsee them now. So I think it has to be these voice actors. They're too cute. I haven't seen the picture of the... What was the um, the gentleman who did Ben? Oh, I sent you a Snapchat of him, but his name is Froy Gutierrez. First name is F... Or, yeah, F-R-O-Y. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's so cute. Oh, my God. People look like this? <laughs> right? Oh, my God. He's biting his lip in this. What the fuck, Sophie? And he has perfect freckles. I miss having freckles on my face. I'm angry they're gone. Just draw them on like I do. Also, his name, his first name is Froy. That's so amazing. Just guys, Google Froy Gutierrez. He's fucking beautiful. And he is exactly what Ben should look like. Do you think he's taller than Arthur? The guy who does Arthur's voice? Oh, probably. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. How tall is Noah Galvin? We'll find out. I think this would be, like, it would hurt me physically to watch this movie because I think they're both very handsome. Well, I just Googled his height and he's 5'6", which is the exact same height as Arthur because he mentions it once. Oh, so my that's God. Good. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, but I think that if Becky and Adam had, like, a hand in picking these two, I think they did a really good job. 
Um, they're they're both really attractive, and I would love to see them on a huge screen in New York, like having a meet cute situation. I want to see what they do. Like, are there going to be effects? Like, is it going to be funny? Like, this book is. I laughed a few times, but I also throughout the book got very sad, and like I got upset a few times because I was like, "Is this going to happen or is this not going to happen?" And it was very much this whole book was like, a, "Is it?" like are they aren't they situation and i think that's like what drove me to read this so much i read this book in like three days if i put together the amount of reading that i actually did and it was so easy to read because it was so good like it was really well written and i'm always afraid when i like see that an arthur arthur i keep saying arthur because of arthur being in the book but whenever two like authors get together and like write a book I'm always concerned that their writing styles might not mesh. And oh my God, did this mesh well. I think it worked particularly well because it's coming from the angle of two separate characters. So even if there is like a weird jump between the two authors, like voices in the book, it works with the two characters really well. I 100% agree. But yes, I could talk about this book for hours. I feel like I've covered everything I wanted to talk about. I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk about. I just want to like go through my notes real quick because some of the things I wrote down are kind of funny and you can edit them out at your leisure. Thank God. Um, I think the one thing that, like the one quote that I really loved, (laughs) there's two. In chapter 20, uh, Arthur says to Ben, please don't tell me you're actually a bunch of rats wearing a cute boy disguise. I feel like I've, I've said that to someone. I've definitely said that to people. I'm like, you're just a bunch of rats disguised, disguised as a person, right? What is that TV show where it's like three kids disguised as an adult and it's three babies dressed up like in a trench coat? In um, Bojack Horseman, Princess Carolyn's boyfriend for a while is three toddlers stacked on top of each other. There we go. And then the other one was, do not throw away your wish. I don't normally want quotes like tattooed on myself, but I read that and I, I put the book down for a second and I was just like, huh. I don't, this is probably from something specific. I think it's either from Hamilton or from uh, Jared Van Hansen, but it really, I think it spoke to me. And if it's from Hamilton, the like 150% more of a reason for me to like listen to it. But uh, that I think out of the quotes in the book was probably one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't think it's from Hamilton. It's like kind of a play on words. Oh, not play on words. It's, kind of like a derivative quote of Hamilton if it is it might be from Dear Heaven Hansen but it's very cute it was very good I was very into it and I googled it nothing came up so I was like what is it and it was like Pinterest boards on things to throw away and I was like well this isn't helping me just a picture of my whole house wow oh my god my wig is gone her wig gone so the just like scrolling through my notes briefly but the the first chapter is from Arthur's perspective and he's talking about like walking through New York and how like he's angry that like people are just walking around they aren't like appreciating what they're around because they're New Yorkers and they like live here and they don't care and he's like a cute little southern boy and he's just like the skyscrapers the buildings and he's like so enraptured and then like someone just shouts at him because he's like stopping in the middle of the sidewalk and the first note I have written down is I'm the angry New Yorker who yells at Arthur you would if 
I feel like if I stopped in Philly to take a picture or something, I would hear a polite grumble behind me because as angry as I know you are sometimes, I feel like you're also too nice to be like, fuck you, get out of my way. Oh, I 100% am the like angry under my breath person. Like, yeah, it it me. (laughs) I feel like we've all done that. I hate when I'm like walking to work in the mall and there's a slow moving family in front of me and I look like that. (laughs) I just look like that bitch. I'm holding like iced chai from Starbucks. I have sunglasses on. I'm wearing a very bitchy outfit and I'm just like (laughs) stamping behind them. Like, can you hurry up? I'm the person who like walks around the super slow tourist family into the street to like walk around them so I can like speed walk past them on the sidewalk. Just throws yourself through it. Um, there was a there was a quote in the book that says "dog rocket." <laughs> so it's it's a quote when like you know when you open a door and like a dog just like throws itself at you. That's oh, what yeah. it's referencing. And I've never thought of the right phrasing for a dog rocket, and that's correct. Fritz, no, <laughs> I miss him so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> before we have any more quotes, do you, do you have anything like real that you want to talk about? No, all of the things I wrote down are stupid. (laughs) I'm not even joking. They're all dumb. (laughs) They're all dumb. The next note I have is, oh, because that like one of the first things that um, Arthur says, he's like, he's, he's desperately trying to be friends with his coworkers because he's an intern at his mom's um, law office for the summer. And he's like tr- desperately trying to become friends with the like 20 something year olds who are actually like work there. And at one point he just goes 20 points for Gryffindor when he's like complimenting himself. And I just have written down, Boy, I know you're a Hufflepuff already. Don't lie. Honestly, there was, and I, I feel like it's still happening now. I'd like to believe that I'm not that person anymore, but I, I really like when people like me. <laughs> and I very much was that person in college classes that, like, if I felt awkward, I just kept talking, which is probably happening right now. And I was very much that person who was like, I want to be friends with everyone. And it's just, it's the worst <laughs> because I read that and I was like, oh, God. I feel like I'm literally reading about myself. Oh no, is this your Leah on the offbeat? (laughs) (laughs) Brendan in the what if it's us? Brendan in the what if it's us, Sophie on the offbeat. Here we go. Oh my god. Uh, Becky and Adam, can you you please give us a rest? Please. We're exhausted. I love your stuff too much. Stop writing about me though. (laughs) Okay, well, I think we've covered everything that we wanted to talk about. And Sophie, do you have anything else to add? Um, yeah, the very end of the book, they are talking. What um, the hell? <laughs> no, this is not plot related. Oh, I'm like, don't you dare. So the last page of the book, no, the very end of the book, there's like a text conversations going back and forth between a few characters and they're like describing the gifts that they're sending them. And the audiobook says GIF, and I will not stand for that. It is pronounced <gasps> GIF, I don't give a oh, shit. Oh, no, and it's in Ben's part, too. I will not stand for it. It is pronounced GIF. GIF or go home. Oh, my God. It's in Ben's part, which means Ben thinks it's GIF. I, I'm distressed. That's my last note. <laughs> I'm having a gay panic attack thinking about that. Oh, no. That's why my voice is so calm. <laughs> <laughs> There's... <laughs> 
Yeah, no, all of my other notes are really dumb. There's a point where they mention uh, how Skittles change from lime to green apple, and they're really disappointed about it. And I screamed so loud because same. This book was really cute, and I liked it a lot. Um, it was just like a super cute, feel-good book. It was like a rom-com, but in a book, which is perfect. It had a lot of like fantastic characters, and then also had it had like some drama, but nothing was like too high stakes there wasn't anything like totally like made me like upset or anything like that obviously there's tension and there's drama and there is stuff that happens that like you know because you have to have that for a good narrative but it was just like a good rom-com and I I loved it I truly feel the same way like it definitely is like a rom-com in a book and I'm so excited to see what they do with the movie. I think they're I think they're still doing it. I believe that that's a thing. Also, I'm just so excited that they did this. It's so cool when people who respect each other get together and do something like this. And I think it's so well done. And I am very excited to see if they do anything else. The book itself is adorable. I would love to talk to you about the ending, but I can't because... I truly think that everyone needs to read this book. And I know I say that about a lot of the books that we read, but this was like possibly one of my favorite books of the year. Yeah, it's it's super good. And if you just want to read something that's super cute and fluffy and just like gives you a little bit of like a warm feeling, you should definitely read it. And we can talk about the ending, but not record it. <laughs> yes, if you, would like, if you would like to talk specifically to us, um, we can t- we can talk about it. But not anywhere that it's written or recorded, because I'm not ruining this for anyone. It is such a good book. I will not stand for gift being pronounced incorrectly, and I will not stand for spoilers on this book. <laughs> there are two things we do not stand. It's GIF and spoilers. I have a thread on Twitter that's called Hills That I Will Die On Forever, and I've just been slowly adding to it, and I'm going to go put that GIF is pronounced that way on there right now because i just remembered that i didn't add that yet i can't wait to find this thread and start talking to you about it all the time all right well everyone go out and get what if it's us by becky albertalli and adam silvera and my name is brendan patrick this is sophie g and thank you so much for listening to super lit insert theme music here i was about to be like sophie are you gonna say anything oh should i say something i don't know go read the book assholes (laughs) insert theme music (laughs)